0: Greetings everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, It's free. That's right, anger is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings everyone, and welcome to another Ludicrous Car Review. There's been a lot of news over the past week that I think, uh, one especially bit of news that is very important and that I'm definitely going to have to share with you. But before we get into any of that, first we have a Ludicrous Car Review of the week because GM announced some slight changes to their Denali platform on the Yukon, Now, I've always had a soft spot for the Yukon. My parents owned one for, oh my god, I can't remember how many years now that I think about it. The fact is is that I think it was 10, 15, 20 years almost, practically my whole childhood was, grew up in a GMC Yukon that we owned for, like I said, quite a few years, and that thing was only up to 300,000 miles, and to be honest, it is still the car I just genuinely fell in love with even as a kid i've always had kind of a soft spot for the old denalis like that well, not denalis they were called that they were just gmc yukons but the fact is i always had a bit of a soft spot for them so i was kind of despite my unfortunate disdain for some of gm's advancements you might say the fact is i always kept up with gmc because well like i said i like yukons so the they have uh, released a newer version of the 2023 GMC Yukon Denali Ultimate. First look, I'm taking this from the Motor Trend article that I saw. Um, the Yukon Denali was, um, like I said, it's always one of my favorite cars. The Denali is, it's changed over the years. I'm not a huge fan of the way it's kind of metamorphosized into. Kind of just the general body style that GMC took later on. And, well, even Chev- the Chevy Suburbans took. It kind of reminded me a bit of a... Well, for my family, is call it a bit of a hearse, and honestly, I cannot deny that fact that, from the side profile, it does look a bit government vehicle-ish, hearse-ish vehicle. ish hearse vehicle i am not sure how to describe it. It just, it just doesn't look too appealing. There's nothing really that stands out. The front grille is also kind of the same. Um, I don't hate the grille. It's just more a matter of, I just, I'm just not a large fan of the big, fat grills. Just the whole front end just being a grille just seems gaudy to me i guess it's maybe because i'm a bit more of a subdued individual but i guess if you're into that kind of thing and i guess it doesn't look bad overall looks of the vehicle haven't really changed that much from the old denali to be honest 2033 is getting some minor visual updates the grill's kind of looking a little bit more fancier it's got a little bit more of a pattern to it still got that same backwards c-shaped headlights i don't mind i don't think they're terrible i've seen a hell of a lot worse on cars and just the kind of the general same kind of flattish profile most of these larger SUVs have. The bigger changes came in the interior, where they went a little overboard, in some opinions in the leather. Now, I'm always a big fan of brown leather in a car, but, like I said, we'll get all of that in a second. So, overall, exterior-wise, the vehicle doesn't look too bad, to be honest. It just, um... It's not really suits my fancy, let's just say. Overall, though, it doesn't look bad. It's just kind of monotone, large grill SUV from there. The rims, I do... I question the rim choices on a lot of these Yukons that they're making. Now, I guess you can select your own rims. The ones they use, at least in the picture, are... Uh, they're getting a little gaudy, in my opinion. I mean, honestly, you're driving in an SUV. I don't need 22-inch rims. That looks like it's got more spokes than a wagon wheel on a freaking truck wagon out west. The fact is that it just... It, This looks a little meh to my opinion. Overall, let's get into the uh, powertrain shall we? So, powertrain-wise, it's offering you the standard-issue 6.2-liter V8. That puts it out a pretty good amount of power. Around the little higher numbers, I think it is, or a little about the same of the uh, Ford EcoBoost engines and that, but you also can option in a 3.0-liter Duramax diesel power plant. And uh, they do offer a lot of off-road, like the uh, magnetic ride control and the air ride adaptive suspension, responsive four-wheel drive, all the good uh, blingy stuff that Denali tends to toss into along with Yukon stuff. Um, there's no official price yet. This thing's the pricing, they say, around 80000 which I guess it's a luxury SUV. Denali's, as I'm going to get into later in news, have not been trending too hot, but that aside, overall... The exterior of the car in bad does provide some good power options but the interior it has some good things and it has some bad things so first let's get into some of the good things overall though i'm always a big fan of leather interiors Especially when they're brown leather. I, can, I have a sort of soft spot for the old brown style interiors, especially in SUVs and that. Now cars are kind of, yeah. But if you're going off-roading, that just kind of like a, a brown interior just makes it look more rugged and more durable. And the leather inside of there actually looks like it's pretty neat stuff. I'm not a big fan of the stitching option. I'm not sure who they used, but they're a little overboard with the stitching choices. But it does look a little bit more like uh, a suppler, a little bit more firmer leather than... The crap normal GM uses. Now, the front on the dashboard does look odd to me. It's kind of got this almost like dashboard off to the right by the passenger glove box area. Kind of just morphs into the screen area and then just kind of down. But honestly, I can't complain too much because at least the screen is glued to the front of the frickin' dashboard. It's built into it. Overall though the interior don't look bad. It's got the similar uh knobby bits that the old one used to have on the bottom section of the screen towards the top. Um, there are some buttons off to the side that this touchscreen I'm not sure what those are, but have too many pictures of it yet the fact is, is that um overall i don't think it looks too bad in the interior i do like the cubby slots on the side i like the fact the speakers kind of form into the door which honestly i do think looks pretty damn cool but one thing i despise i can't question why in hell's name they did this because there's a reason it died off well freaking into the 90s why in shit's name do you put exposed speakers on a freaking headrest are you Freaking nuts. I mean, good god, you idiots. It just literally looks like freaking Mickey Mouse ears kicking out your goddamn head like elephant ears. It just looks like shit, and if you hit your head on them things, it always feels like crap getting in. I'm not sure what designer decided that we're too freaking lazy to perforate some leather and cover the damn thing, but the fact is, is I think it's the most asinine choice ever. I get the head speakers are a little bit challenging, to get the right sound out of it, but whatever dipshit decided that was a good idea should be fired on sight. I think it is completely moronic. I just, I hate that shit. It just, why I expose the just is beyond me. It's it's one of the worst features of this vehicle, and honestly, I would option the thing up here if I dropped down the lowest package. I'd option that shit out. Trust me, my dad had built in speakers in his Fero that were supposed to be built in speakers, but ended up being more exposed by the end. And the fact is, is that every time I got into the freaking car, I smacked my head on them things and pisses me off every time, and I can picture the same shit happening here, and I get it's probably a little bit more of my own it's clumsiness that just makes it more of a problem, but it just, it takes up headrest and room, and it just, it's silly, in my opinion, so if you're an automaker, just perforate your freaking leather and cover the speakers, it just looks weird, ah, <sighs> anyways, like I said, i tire tired for the day is done, anyways, so back to the dashboard, and that, um, overall, I think the wood grain they use for it's pretty fancy, the, um, the floorboards, right, another interesting choice, I mean, I'm always a fan of using... I don't know how you describe it—more ergonomic material—but the choice for carpeting on the uh, extra carpet part. Well, I can't say it. it just looks cheap as shit, to be honest. It looks like something you'd pick up on a downtown apartment for the 99-cent store carpeting. I'm not sure, again, what idiot decided this was a good design choice. I'm not sure if it's supposed to look luxurious, but it just looks like crap, in my opinion. But anyways, overall, the exterior of the car doesn't look bad. The interior, while has some really cool points, there are some points that piss me off, but obviously I'm not spending $80,000 for this thing, personally, if I was going to get one, I get a Lincoln or a Cadillac. But, that aside... It ain't a bad vehicle especially if you're looking to do a little bit more off-roady like we used to do so honestly if you're looking at denali i can't say i hate it it's just some features you may want to option out of at least if you were my opinion just don't get headrests and your freaking speakers in your headrests. just don't do it it pisses me off even when i look at people driving around like that anyways on to the news shall we because i'm sure you don't want to sit here listening to me rant and rave about speaker headrests so I got a few big news stories for you today. Two especially important ones. Now, first we'll get some of the easier stuff out of the way. Let's get some of the marketing news out of the way. This comes from Black Book and YAA. Personally, like I've said before, if you're looking to check out a good automotive site, YA is a good place to look at, especially if you're looking at buying a car. I'm not endorsed by them. I just enjoy talking about them a lot because they provide me with a lot of information as well. Just looking at their videos. Anyways, so... We've looked at market data, and over the past few weeks, it has been dropping for some of the SUV categories in that. At least they were. Now, luxury SUVs and some of the smaller pickups are still dropping, but the fact is is that the market still is desperately lacking for vehicles. So, once again, if you're looking for buying any kind of used car in that... Even new, unfortunately you're probably going to run into some problems with marketing prices jacking back up, including those of SUVs. Even despite the gas coming in a bit high, the fact is is that it's not quite enough to beat the fact that there's just no other perk in place to buy vehicles now there are some states this is a little worse but the point average is usually it's going right back up to around I, don't know, I think it was a quarter point and a half point I'm not sure but the fact is the percentage is rising and honestly as it goes on it's probably going to continue to rise especially into the summer season when people really start buying cars you got to figure the spring selling season is pretty damn big but the reason why it helped drop also was probably the fact that it was in the winter selling season meaning that most people don't buy cars in that season anyways so the fact is is that if you're looking to buy a car well I still strongly urge you to wait if you can, if you have to. I'd advise you check out YA's books or some of my own videos about how to buy a car. I think I got some earlier ones on from my own videos, and that, some of those rules still apply. But check out some of YA's videos as well. They got some good resources that might be able to help you out. But to be honest, if you can avoid it, please to God do, because you will be taken to the cleaners no matter how hard you try, just because, well, let's face it, just getting cars at the price, the MSRP price, is freaking impossible nowadays. Anyways, on to other news of uh, more importance. We have uh, news coming out of Chicago, and this is not car news, per se. Well, yeah, it's car news. The fact is, the speed cameras in 2021 issued more speeding tickets in Chicago than there were residents of the frickin' city. I mean, my shit. That is redonkulous to me. I don't give a crap who you are. The fact is that I'm always a fan of well i'm a bit of more of a libertarian in my opinion and in my opinion government unless you catch them doing some shit you probably shouldn't be doing this and i get traffic fatalities and that but to be honest the traffic fatalities actually were not even cut by that much I honestly i don't think they were cut at all in fact i think they were actually on the rise due to COVID being that now but the fact is that they weren't even dropping that much it didn't do anything other than just build the city up a boatload of extra cash because it could jack up the rates on people and if you're speeding an extra seven miles an hour just to get to work a little bit faster i mean come on really and this isn't like some cop pulls up oh yeah i was on a rush to work or oh i was taking my grandma to the hospital or something like that They don't give a shit they just issue the citation it's not like a cop can look at you and go well i'll let you off with a warning nope just just here's your crap in the mail here's your $200 fine it's ridiculous they issued 2.81 million citations in 2020 that is Freaking ridiculous and i can only imagine that as they've expanded this chappy ass crippy ass program the fact is i can think they've probably got a hell of a lot more just from the things alone that amounts to over two thirds or two five point eight millions just came from 35 dollar tickets that is freaking ridiculous in my opinion honestly i'm not a big fan for going uh for example for going six to ten miles over the limit above that speed cameras fines are a hundred dollars that is just freaking ridiculous I get it. You need to slow some people down if you have to. But these things are not ticketing the ridiculous people going 10 over the limit all the time. They're ticketing the... Like, they're 6 over the limit? Are you kidding me? Most traffic goes 6 miles per hour over the limit. I think it's asinine, stupid, and some of the dumbest shit Chicago has ever done, among many, many other things. But that's just my personal opinion on speed traps because, well, I think they're asinine. Anyways... That is some big news, but more important news, in case some of you have not heard. Corvette has got some news coming out, and not just any news. The news that some light and others feared. Corvette is going electric. Now, I'll guarantee you, I'm just going to say up front here, gasoline engines are probably not going to go away for quite a while. The fact is, Corvette does not need to scare the shit out of their firebase entirely, as is, I imagine, considering the last sporty part of GM. They don't want to die out like Camaro is. But the fact is, is that they are switching over to an electric system. Now, how this is going to work is still baffling to me, as I'll get to in a minute. But the fact is, they're switching over next year to a hybrid gasoline engine option, basically electric hybrid. Um like I said, it's an option. You still have your gasoline engines, which I think would be stupid if they were of, because a flat crank V8 is pretty damn good sounding. But the fact is is that the hybrid system is probably going to add a bit more power to it and gas savings and that. And then the year after that they plan on releasing an electric vehicle. Now I had mentioned that I don't know how it's going to work because the big thing that Corvette had going for it was its 40-60 weight distribution, which allowed more weight to be put onto the rear wheels, allowing for better traction. Now the problem is, is that a battery doesn't put all that weight to the back. A battery puts all that weight to everywhere around the whole freaking car. And as is, these cars are designed to be lightweight and nimble. I think that, honestly, I don't think it's going to work for shit. Either that or the gas mileage or range of the vehicle, in this opinion, is going to be so freaking low that, honestly, you're going to be able to speed anywhere with it. The fact is, the moment you start speeding up in these cars, you start draining your battery faster than... A I don't know how to describe it. I have plenty of monikers for gasoline, but none for electric. I need to come up with some of those. Anyways, but the fact is that, do I think it's a smart choice? what GM, I guess, is planning to do overall, I guess it ain't horrible, but I have many other opinions about GM's whole electric future thing. A lot of people claim that the Corvette was never going to go electric. That's impossible. It's never going to happen. But to be honest, it's not surprising that it, is. well, everybody knew it was. Never, well, deep down, move, even if they weren't trying so, in the article I'm reading here, uh, first to arrive likely in 2023, the Corvette Hybrid will follow the fully electric Corvette, which will be going to develop it. A short uh, teaser video, which I watched for a bit, so the Hybrid will have something no other production Corvette has ever had, all-wheel drive. This is another thing that I think deep down pisses me off. You see, I get it, Corvette's kind of... They needed to change a little bit. But the fact is, I think Corvette's deeply losing the essence of what they were. I get that. Yes, you to advance, and yes, there are some limitations to your platform. But let's face it, you're not buying a freaking McLaren S1. F1, whatever. I don't know. The fact is, is that you're not buying a McLaren here. You're buying a Corvette. And deep down, these are American buyers. They're not looking for an all-wheel drive hybrid sports car when they're buying a freaking corvette and odds are these cars are not going to be freaking cheap they're going to probably cost a freaking arm and a leg because let's face it batteries especially you need jack up the rates in these cars now corvettes are always supposed to be every man's sports car not that they are anymore um, But the fact is, is that the Corvettes are already in the cheaper side at $80,000. That's a frickin' family hauler you could buy for that price. And that's in the cheaper side. I imagine once you get the electric hybrid in there, and especially the battery thing, you're probably pushing to push close to one hundred twenty-five, $150,000 for some of these cars. And honestly, that's probably before you start optioning some shit. The fact is is that I'm not a big fan, especially the all-wheel drive system. The fact is, is that... While I don't hate all-wheel drive in some cars, I just think it loses some of its ability. I mean, it's just... I don't think it's a smart decision by GM. I understand that they have to go electric. I'm not entirely sure why the hell they're pushing it on Corvette yet to be honest they haven't seen much success in many other platforms especially with their Altium yet and to be honest unless the Silverado some of these shows a massive spike in that there's a difference between somebody buying a worker haulers gas saving hybrid and somebody buying an electric Corvette especially all-wheel drive now the uh, recent also video there rumored that uh, blah, 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 years. recent more fuel when the president was gonna openly discussed the 200 mile per hour electric Corvette officials at told them. so according to this article they claim this thing is probably going to go about 200 miles an hour which I guess is impressive but the fact is the Corvette can already go 200 miles per hour I'm not sure why that's a, a big deal the uh, current Chevy is the up and coming uh, 2023 Corvette Z06 Offers a balance of performance and price unmatched. Let's see. uh, This power and handling private security guards. So the price tag on these uh, Corvette Stingers are $60,000. So with an electric powertrain, usually jacking up the price in these things quite a bit, especially when I looked at the prices of their Chevy Silverados. I think that this, after the electric platform goes into it, you're probably going to look at a good over $100,000 vehicle. I don't think too many people are buying those unless you're freaking rich. And honestly... If you have a choice between a Corvette Z06 and an electric Corvette all-wheel drive, what the freaking hell do you think they're going to pick, GM? I'm not sure what they're thinking. I think it's a bit silly, but honestly, hell, what do I know? Clearly, they think they know more than what they're doing, even though they've argued that they're selling more than Toyota, which honestly is a load of hogwash. But anyways, in uh, my final bit of news... Ford had uh, recently taken their operations of their electric vehicles to their own separate division. Now, why did they do this? They did this because it allowed them to sell their cars online. There are special dealership principles that I have discussed previously that restrict the ability to sell just any car to anybody online. In fact, the only reason that they can do this is if the car is strictly electric in some, a lot of areas, actually. But uh, Stellantis had recently announced a lot of their electric vehicles, electric Jeeps. I think they got their air, Chrysler Airflow coming. I'm still waiting to see how that goes. Honestly, I don't have too high hopes. I don't think the car looks bad. It's just Chrysler doesn't have a good reputation. But the fact is is that the uh, benefits that... Um that they're going to be seeing Stellantis, some people who in a rumor around that Stellantis would also be taking measures to create their own kind of separate division, kind of to allow to sell online. But the fact is they have no plans to split up their divisions any further than they have. Stellantis has been struggling in recent years, and to be honest, I don't think they have the funding or the ability to take time and, well, let's face it, resources away to form an entirely new company just to sell a couple of electric cars, which, let's face it, they don't really have too many offers to begin with, but overall, I guess it ain't horrible. I just think it ain't bad. And lastly, because I just love reading through the Motor Trend Newsweek, and that Polestar Two is getting a lot more colors, and more importantly, for Polestar Two, more range. Now, the big gripe with a lot of Polestars is they had decent ranges in that, but the Polestar Two kind of struggle with. Well, kind of EV syndrome. A big problem with EVs are that, well, as they get older, you're going to suffer from not only battery degradation, but just simply technology degradation. As you get older, technology becomes become more advanced, and they'll probably get a little bit more range, a little bit more range, and suddenly your car that goes 300 miles ain't looking too impressive to the guy who's going 500. So they're looking to try to uh, push their range a little bit farther. They're also, I think they're having a 2022 C40 Recharge, a strange rollout for the Volvo. Anyways, um... Let's see. Doo-doo-doo. Yeah, so 4,200 is the plus pack, which is going to be equipped with this special range system in that. And I think the max range you can get out of some of these performance things, which added a couple extra horsepower as well, is about 20 miles. Now, you're probably looking at me thinking, what the hell? You said it was a big deal. But the fact is, an electric car 20 miles does a hell of a lot. Because let's face it, when you're charging these things for a half hour, you need every bit of hour you can get. And 20 miles does mean a hell of a lot to people. So overall, yeah, just the color changes I looked at them are kind of mediocre overall, there's some different grays I think, and a couple other interesting color choices, like a little white I think, a Jupiter white the interior, I still think it looks a little awkward in that, but um, yeah, I guess not much really to talk about with pink colors and that, but anyways that's my final bit of news for the week and that again, my overall opinion of the uh, GMC Denali any bad, any good just to god's sakes, don't put frickin' headrests your headrest and your goddamn thing and if you do for shit's sake cover them with something anyways that'll do it for my ludicrous car of the, month, the uh, review I appreciate you all listening to my insanity and I apologize if I sounded a little bit rambling today my news articles got a little jumbled up in my little filing system here and um, anyways yeah so the fact is I again thank you all for listening I would appreciate you guys leaving a review if you do thank you and if you don't well I hope you listen to the next one. Thank you and goodbye.